Welcome to the Just Do It podcast, hosted by Anne Duffy. Dental Entrepreneur Women is here to dive deep and share stories with the mission to inspire, highlight, empower, and connect all women in dentistry. Hello, everyone. It is Anne Duffy, and welcome to the Just Do It podcast today. It is a Friday, and we're happy it's Friday. I have a special guest for you today. Um, I met her probably a year and a half ago, and she's just such a deep thinker, um, such a, a beautiful soul, and, and I just adore her. I was so happy that she could come on and share a little bit of her wisdom today. But before I introduce her, I'm going to read her bio to you so you can get to know her as well. Dr. Maggie Augustine is a practicing general dentist and writer. She completed her formal dental education, earning a doctorate of dental surgery from the University of Illinois at Chicago. Prior to that, she was awarded two bachelor degrees and a prestigious university scholar achievement from Benedictine University. She furthered her education and completed the course sequence at the renowned Dawson's Academy Continuum in Oral Equilibration and Cosmetic Dentistry. She's an author, having been published in Dentistry Today, Dental Economics, Do Life, and many more. Her Dentistry Today articles made it to the top 10 blogs of 2020, a total of three times. She has been voted America's best dentist and America's top dentist based on superior training, experience, continued education, and commitment to excellence. Her recent accolade includes the Rising Star Award from Benedictine, Benedictine University, presented to an alumnus who has made considerable strides in their career and has demonstrated dedication to philanthropic endeavors. She also is a moderator of Dental Nachos with 30,000 dental professionals. Dr. Augustine has recently been inducted into the Female Founder Collective, which is a network of businesses led by women, supporting women. Its mission is to enable and empower female owned and led businesses to positively impact our communities, both socially and economically. Dr. Maggie's hobbies include volunteerism, art projects of any kind and nonfiction reading and writing. In quotes, my favorite thing to do is to just be a mom in a team with my husband. My mantra is life is good, not all the time, and sometimes you might have to look for it, but most of the time, life is good. She resides in Lombard with her husband, Scott, and daughter, Allie. Please help me welcome our special guest today, Dr. Maggie Augustine. Yay, thank you so much, thank you. Oh, you're welcome, it must feel kind of good to have your bio read to you, right? I mean, it's like, oh, I did that, and hey, I did that. That's yeah, cool. isn't, isn't that crazy? We, um, we don't give ourselves enough credit and to hear someone else say those things really kind of puts things in perspective, doesn't it? It really does. I was like getting excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, Maggie. I mean, I, I knew that you're just a, just an amazing uh, woman in dentistry, an amazing do. But when you read all that, you, you're definitely an achiever and you definitely work toward, um, you know, building a great career, not only, you know, uh, professionally, but personally with your, your beautiful family. And, and I love that when we had um, you featured in, in um, our do dish with your, your husband and your daughter or in the other article. I mean, you've, you've written so um, many beautiful uh, renditions of just things that pop into my head and all women's heads. I mean, I just, it's you, you really, it's nothing clinical for us. Right. But right. it's been, it's been really eye opening and, and um, 
you know, very valuable to all of us that are running around with a million plates spinning in the air. And when I read your bio, I'm like, well, no wonder we're talking about burnout here, right? I mean, because we talked a little bit about like, what, what should Maggie and I talk about today? What, what would our audience value? And um, when you gave me a couple of questions, um, you know, the, the leading cause of unhappiness and burnout is in dentistry is perfectionism and comparison. And I mean, you obviously um, have achieved that. You can't get through dental school, right? Without being a perfectionist. Is that correct? Uh, yes, absolutely. And you, you know, it's hard to even be a dentist without having some sort of an insane strive for perfectionism. But the huge fallacy with perfectionism is that, you know, sometimes you'll end up talking to people and they will use perfectionism to describe one of their strengths. And I actually think it's the opposite. I think that perfectionism um, is, is the opposite of a strength. It's a liability. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, part of where it comes from is this idea that we, because the only way to be perfect is to compare yourself to something else, right? And so we over compare and then we hold ourselves to impossible standards, these self-imposed standards. And then when we come short, even a little bit short, all of a sudden it feels like we have failed. And so, you know, perfectionism is not necessarily a good thing. And, and it stems from comparing and it, and it stems from comparing to the wrong people, to the wrong things. Um, but yeah, in, in, for some reason in dental school, uh, if you, if, you know, I don't have any, any statistics to back this up, but I would gather that whether it's, I mean, gosh, even in hygiene, right? You have to take off all the tartar. You're going to go after it and go after and go after it on those root surfaces, but is it ever going to be perfect? No, but you're going to hold yourself to that impossible standard. Unless you're doing it with a microscope, it's never going to be, you know, completely disinfected and free of bacteria. So whether it's, you know, hygienists or, or, you know, dental students, I would gather that many in those education programs would describe themselves as perfectionists and they leave those programs, you know, falling even more onto considering themselves perfectionists and living up to those completely impossible standards. And that is so true. I mean, as you know, I'm a dental hygienist, retired after 46 years. And I can remember oftentimes my patients like, hey, listen, it's just fine. It's just fine. Listen, I'm ready to go. I'm like, no, you're not leaving because I see this little teeny bit of stain here that I'm going to get off. And uh, it is a career path that does lend itself to standards that are impossible because everybody's mouth is different. Every instrument is different. Every, you know, I mean, we have to remember it's progress, not perfection. Because yes. can we ever That's reach perfection? Not really. No. I mean, have you ever <laughs> had a perfect patient? No. So why would you have a perfect dentist or a perfect hygienist? That's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and the, I mean, the, the other, the other side of it is that again, you're trying to strive for perfection in a patient 
with saliva and bleeding and anxiety from the patient and him, you know, or her wiggling in the chair and asking for a bathroom break and being interrupted by, you know, an assistant to go and do something else. It's, it, it, it's just really hard to even consider, consider delivering perfection. It's just, it's not possible. And it's, it's a, it's a fallacy in what we're striving to do. And it's, and a lot of it stems from comparing. Yeah, but also, I mean, think about it. it it's just like, you can, you know, you can have like 10 great cases, 10 great cases, and one case that just didn't quite go so well. Um, and it's, you could beat yourself up over that one that just, you know, had all the factors you just mentioned, but you did your very best. Absolutely. And it, it is the very best that you can do. And it's a great outcome. I mean, you know, that's, that is what's so hard on you. And I don't know if they, do they tell you that before you start your first day of dental school that this is, you're setting yourself up for this? Did you have uh, any idea? No, I, I don't, I don't think so. Nobody ever told us. I, I the, the first day of dental school is kind of blurry for me. Actually, the four years are kind of blurry for me, but <laughs> yes. I don't remember anybody giving us a manual in, in yeah. saying this is how to, how to make your life better when you're dealing with some of these um, shortcomings and, you know, being human and comparing and perfectionism. There's no handbook for that. We just have to kind of learn it on our own or from each other. Yeah. from And that's the mindset, right? And, you know, I have a question though. It just popped into my head, Maggie, were you a perfectionist as a kid? I mean, was that something that like kind of, uh, you know, uh, lended itself to your personality? Like, was your room always, you know, uh, neat and clean? You know, that's kind of what people think of a perfectionist. You have to have everything just so, your clothes, clothes laid out before you went to school. And I don't know. Is that anything that rings? No, now when I was a kid, my, my room was such a mess, you couldn't see the floor. Um, okay. But now... But now it's it's not like that anymore. I have to have my outfit picked out the day before, or I'm gonna go crazy once I wake up in the morning. I I I'm a creature of habit, and so I get really disassembled when um when when something doesn't go as planned. I can deal with it, but it's just a little bit more difficult to deal with. So it's interesting that you mentioned that because I hadn't thought of it before. But um, I I don't think I was a perfectionist growing up um, at all. Well, it sounds like you, you've learned to know yourself, though, because what you're doing, basically, is setting yourself up for success for the day. So if you know that that's something that you need, I mean, obviously, you must have some discipline in your, in your strength uh, module. And so, you know, setting yourself up for um, a successful day, you have actually taken the steps. I'll think about that. But then I'm like, I put it off and I'll just get up the next morning and look in my closet. And then, you know, I'm putting on three or four, you know, tops and I'm like, this isn't working. <laughs> and, um, you know, you can't walk out the door stressed, but uh, it sounds like you've done a lot of work getting to know who you are, your authentic self. And I think that that is, that's probably the most important thing we can all do. And who knew we were supposed to do that, right? We were always trying to be um, something else, or like you were saying, comparing ourselves to others, the best dentist, the best graduate, right. the best mom, the best this and that. But when you start to look at yourself um, and are comfortable with that, that, that yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah, I, I, you know, for me, learning about myself and figuring out where I am and what works has been a lifelong struggle and a lifelong process. And I talk about this very openly. I suffer from depression and treatment resistant depression. So 
I go through um, bouts of medication changes every now and again, and I have been in therapy since I was 18 years old. So I have always done something to try and improve myself and to make life a little bit easier for myself. But that's not all. I have um, always read and continue to read uh, self-help books, books on leadership, books on compassion, books on giving, um, empathy, you, you name it. I am always trying to learn. I, I do have a growth mindset, which sometimes is a liability because I have this really strange utilitarian outlook on things that every moment of every day has to be used for, for good. I cannot sit and watch TV. It, it <laughs> And it's obnoxious. I, I can't sit still. Everything has to have a meaning. Everything has to propel my life or someone else's life forward. But things really changed for me. And you and I talked about this a little bit before is I, I was really unhappy and I didn't understand I had no idea that I could be happier. I just thought that this was going to be life. And I'm not talking about depression. I'm just talking about life. I'm talking about my work. I'm talking about my job. I'm, I'm talking about being a practice owner. I did not imagine that life could be better until I started investing even more into myself. And it's not easy because um, to use a mild description, I am very cost conscious. <laughs> so I don't, um, you know, spending money to me um, is, is a big deal. I, I watch what I spend my money on because it, we all work so hard and, and you just want to make sure that something is worth it. But one of the best things that I did in figuring out my strengths and figuring out some of these things that we talk about, what do I need to do during the day to be successful has been, you know, hiring a life coach. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and we talked about Lonnie and Lonnie is my life coach. And I've been working with her um, since October of 2019. And that has been life-changing for me. Um, she taught me that what I thought my, were my weaknesses, which is I'm, maybe you can't tell, but I'm a super introvert. And I always imagine that to be a weakness. Well, she taught me how to use that as a superpower, mm. right? And so now it takes money and it takes time to move forward, to become this person that's in flow and is happy and life is easier. So, you know, I, I used to meet with Lonnie every week. Now we're meeting every other week. Yes, it costs a little bit of money, right? But I am telling you, it has been worth it. And I would have paid five times what I paid to be in a place where I'm at. Um, Victoria Peterson, who all the dues know, has taught me that the more successful you are, the more support you need, right? Mm -hmm. And yes. so you can't do it on your own. And so that's, you know, um, we hired a practice consultant. I actually even have an endo coach, um, you know, endodontics coach. It, it just, I, I've come to realize that life can be so much more enjoyable if you can have somebody holding your hand along the way and finding yes. your tribe too. That has been life-changing. You know, my class in dental school was the first class that had 50% women, okay? Um, now, imagine what things were like 30 years ago. We didn't talk about these things. We didn't talk about wellness and mindfulness and balance because men didn't talk about it. We have opened up the door 
we have created this incredible tribe of women that are there to support one another and to learn from one another, right? And that's what do is. It's this tribe of women that hold ourselves up and we can rely on one another. Women have a really, you know, kind of a negative connotation in terms of being catty and jealous and comparing and, you know, one-upping each other. But you have to have a great leader like you to bring a different kind of energy to the tribe. And with that kind of leadership, we can all stop being catty and jealous and we can support and lift one another up, right? So that's kind of a long answer wow. to your question, but it, but it all comes full circle. Um, support, help the right tribe surrounding yourself by, you know, by the right people is really what's going to make life more enjoyable in yourself, whether it be as a practitioner, as a mom, as a hygienist, more successful. Oh my gosh. That is, that is so beautiful, Maggie. And then, you know, it, it, it really, it backs up and validates exactly what you said in the very beginning of this, that you are not complete with your day unless you've done something good for somebody. And so no wonder you're, you're loving the dues and because you are actually, you're being lifted up. And there's a couple of, obviously there's, there's more than one group. We, we, we're, we're finally, we're finally figuring out that we need each other. Right. Yes. But you get joy from lifting others up. And that's the other reason you found an outlet. You know, I love the fact that you talked about being an in, um, introvert is you felt was a negative. And that's how people view their strengths. A lot of times, like I'm a woo and people say, Oh, you God, you're so chatty all the time. What's with you. And I, and I'm thinking, I'm sorry, I'm talking too much, but apparently that's one of my strengths. And so when you flip that and you realize that's the balcony, right. And the basement, yeah, there's a basement for everything. There's a basement for being too chatty. There's a basement for, you know, staying in the closet because you're an introvert. You don't want to, you don't want to, you know, go outside in the light, right? And you need somebody sometimes to like lift that lampshade off your head and, and let your light shine, who is exactly who you were meant to be. If you weren't such a, if you were watching TV all the time and were out talking to everybody like me, you wouldn't be writing these amazing articles. You know, people think I'm a journalist. I, I'm not a big writer unless I'm on an airplane because I, gotta, I can't get out of my seat. Do you see what I'm saying? But you, oh, that's so funny. You, you love that quiet. You love that. And then you love taking your thoughts and putting them to pen. I, I, you, you write beautifully. From the very first time you wrote Thank something for me, I'm like, oh my God, you're such a beautiful writer. I have goosebumps thinking about, you know, the articles that you've written for us and the articles that you will write and you will inspire others. But it just so you've, you've found your niche, you found your authenticism. And then, you know, it's hard, it's, it's hard to stay in within those guardrails, right? Because we fall off the, to the side, we're like, oh, I blew it today. I'm not a very blah, 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 right? I mean, that's the half class full versus yeah. the half class empty. And some people wake up in the morning with the, half, the glass half full naturally. Right. So when you know that's not your natural tendency, you know, I guess being aware is number one. And also just knowing the triggers and knowing what to do um, for yourself, for the self-help that, you know, you met, you need um, 
to make your day great and to make the people around you great. Cause nobody wants to be around somebody that's, you know, down and nobody wants to be down. Right. I mean, I don't think that's something that you want, but when you've been experiencing it so long, it's, it's not something that you can avoid. And sometimes does it come, does the depression come sometimes from out of nowhere or is there always something that's a life event? I mean, I, I I'm truly asking because I don't know if I've ever been in a, in a long state of depression. I've been scared and, you know, afraid and, and those kinds of things, but I, I can pull myself out of it. And it's just that is lucky, you know, lucky for me, not so lucky for other people that need more that uh, the tools to use to, to do that. So generally speaking for me, um, I have suffered with depression from second grade. Um, and it went, I mean, I always thought that whatever I was feeling, I thought everybody was feeling until I got to be a senior in high school and then actually ended up developing an eating disorder and started going to therapy and learned that not everybody wants to die every day. Like that's not wow. normal. And um, so my, my worst part of the depression probably came my junior year of college where I I had a complete meltdown and a nervous breakdown and had to take a lot of time off of, off of school. And, you know, my meds were changed. Everything went great. And honestly, I, I didn't know it was going to come back. I didn't think it was going to come back. I prayed it wouldn't come back, but it did many times. So my life, um, and that's some of the things that I also talked to, you know, Lonnie about is there is going to be times in my life when I am going to be incapable of being my best self because I'm going to be dragged down by my depression. And, and you know, the, the difficulty with the depression is also that I compare the accolades of people that are healthy, that don't suffer from depression, who are uber successful to myself, where I have spent half of my life locked in a closet crying, not wanting, you know, to get out of bed. And so, yes, it comes and goes. Um, and I have learned to take the moments of flow and happiness um, and satisfaction. Uh, I, I don't take them for granted. I really enjoy them because I don't know when it's going to come next. And yes, most of the time for me, the way that the things are right now, it is a life situation that happens that um, drags me down. Um, it doesn't generally just come out of the blue. Like I won't be walking down the street and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to get up. I don't want to live anymore. It'll be usually something really big that happens. Um, but I mean, I've had to take many months off of work over the last 15 years because I couldn't function. On the other hand, um, during some of the times of my depression, going to work had given me enough purpose that I was actually able to continue working and it got me healthier because I had a sense of being needed. Right. Um, and that's really important, at least in my disease process is, is knowing that there's value to who I am and to what I do. And therefore I should stick around. Yes. Yes, please, please do. And it's, I mean, it, it makes me really appreciate your life coach and the people that you've surrounded yourself with. And, you know, and that's a courageous step, right? And I do think, you know, I believe women are better at 
taking that um, step. And that's why I think it's coming to light more in, in the dental circles because it lends itself, again, the whole perfectionism and the comparison model is just in your face almost every day, right? And then when you map on uh, social media and you're very active in social media, I think um, you have to temper that too. And sometimes it just takes a, it, it can't be your, your husband or your mother or your brother or your sister. It's gotta be somebody that, that knows you and yet has the skills to be able to coach you through that. There are skills like people oh, know, absolutely. Um, don't, I don't, until you get a life coach, you probably don't understand um, the value of a life coach and then a business coach. And then, and then again, like you were saying, listen, surround yourself with a support group. Because again, when you think of men and women, and these are anecdotal, I mean, like I'm not a, you know, I'm not going to cite any um, statistic, but I do know that, that men have support groups from the time they're babies. For some reason, um, they, you know, they go to work and it's, it's hard to change that mindset. The, the, you know, the younger generation is coming forward and doing more around the house and doing, you know, more with the kids and all that kind of stuff. But for, for centuries, women carried everything, right? And then you still went to dental school and you still became a dentist. But the, when I know the dentist, the guys that I work for, God bless them, they left work and everything was taken care of on the home front, basically. Don't get me started on that because yeah. yes, that's, and look, I don't want to make it men versus women, but no. there is a very distinct difference between us. And the other thing that's happening is because women are saturating the field more than before, we are open about talking about things that men like to hide. Yeah. Um, like grace towards ourselves and forgiveness and intention and meditation. We're the ones talking about it, right? I don't even know if they're listening, but as long as we make an impact and influence somebody else's life, men don't talk about their weaknesses. They don't talk about their vulnerabilities. Now, maybe that's a cultural issue that they're just told that they're not machismo enough if they do, right? But again, the fallacy of comparing for me in my life has been um, I had compared myself to very successful dentists, men, right? Okay. And it's exactly like what you said. They come home, dinner is made, the kids are taken care of, they've been bussed around to their activities. And that's not my life. I come home and I worry about dinner and laundry and groceries. But here, and I want to be around my daughter. Why? Because I'm a mom and it's inside me, right? Mm. Would I want to be <laughs> like a dude and come home and have, you know, my kid all done just to spend 15 minutes with her? No, I want to be a part of all of that, right? I want to, and I think that's something innate about women. I want to serve my family. Right. Yes, I think I'm a business right. owner, right? I want to serve my family. I, I want to show them my love by buying their favorite food, by making sure that they're fed by, you know, doing the, the laundry. It's, it's part of my service as a mom. 
And so I wonder, because one of the biggest fears of my life is when my daughter goes away to college, I think I'm going to go nuts. Like, what, what am I, where am I going to find my purpose when she's, you know, when she's off in college? <laughs> but, but it's part of what I enjoy. And I say enjoy <laughs> um, loosely. Yeah, when you're not like going crazy, but it, it's, right. and it, this is the funny thing about women. I mean, I love it too. So, I mean, I love, um, you know, arranging what I'm having for dinner. I like, I, I like the girly things. I don't want to be a man and I don't want my man to be, a, you know, a, a feminine. Like I, 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 a lot of times I'll say, can you do this for me? And I'll take it back from him my husband. I mean, we've been married for a long time, we raised all of our kids. And by the way, um, I will be here because when your daughter goes to college, you know, first of all, you, you never, you never, that you, you're a mom for the rest of your life, right? So even when they go away to college, you'll find ways to, uh, to still be a mom. It just opens up. I think the, the, the main thing is it's out of sight, out of mind. And if you, and you just have to know that they're doing fine and well, I say to the kids, and this is probably terrible too. Oh my gosh, God, Maggie. I mean, I was on a call. I'm, I'm digressing now, but I was on a call. This is a mom thing, digressing because I was on a call with um, the mental, dental, dental, mental yeah. Avengers. Mm -hmm. Were you on that call the other night with the, they were talking about uh, suicide. Um, it's so interesting. And, and this, this um, uh, you know, summit that they're putting on in September is going to be amazing. But part of it was, listening to your to your the people around you that are down and depressed or have these issues and as a mom you know I always say we're only as happy as our unhappiest child and so you know that's what I'm saying is like you just you'll be able to release Allie and she'll be you know and she'll be soaring and you'll find those times to to fill um, your bucket uh, with different things because all the things that you love to do um, that will open up some time, some more time for yourself, but it's, it's, they never leave your heart or they never leave your mind. So don't, don't worry about that. You'll, you'll have that uh, locked in and locked in uh, and loaded for sure. Thank um, you for that advice. Yeah. And I, I, I always, I, I also will give you my, my phone number. You can call me anytime because I always tell people I probably can top just about any story you can, you can tell me. And I'm, I'm, no, I'm in the no judge judge zone and it's always turns out okay it i'm gonna call happens. you crying when she leaves oh my gosh oh you do that dude i'll be here for you i'll be here for you what how lovely though to have you know such a lovely relationship with your daughter and and um and your husband there as well it's it's you know it's you know you're you're so lucky on so many counts that um people do love you and care about you for who you are because going through all this I mean, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly is out there, right? You can't hide that from the people that you love. No, yeah, they, they, they do get the ugly. Um, both of them do. And they still love me and they support me. And um, I would not be the person that I am without my husband. My husband has been my knight in shining armor from the moment that he met me. And, um, you know, from the moment we met, we've been together, actually. And oh, it'll be 20 wow. years married. Um, next year and and 24 years together so we, we got together when we were really young and we've grown together I'm not saying it was easy it wasn't we had moments where we didn't think we were going to make it but um, he's my best friend and we make time for one another 
Yeah, that's so good. And that's all maturity too, because, you know, golly, just getting through dental school and all the things you have to do and then you own an amazing practice and you're trying to grow your practice, uh, raise You've got so much on your plate and it is, I guess it does boil down to how do you get rid of, or how do you manage burnout and is, is it all of, and, and, and grow your brand? And, and is it all because of knowing who you are? What's, what is your magic um, sauce, if you will, your special sauce? My, my special sauce has been realizing that there, whatever formula I was given in 10 years prior was not the right formula to me. And when I tried to follow that formula because it didn't work for me, I thought I was the failure until I, you know, began realizing that I have superpowers. And if I put those to work, I will be me. And yes. being me is seamless and easy, right? Um, and it also, and so when, when you act out of who you are and what comes naturally to you, and if you own your story, right? If you are committed to just staying on your road and not see, I, I, I think of it as putting blinders on, you know, I think horses get blinders on so that they don't get distracted. And that, that's kind of how it is. If we just put blinders on and we stop paying attention to what somebody else is doing, just keep your eyes on the road. You're going to not just become more successful, but life is going to be a lot easier and less intimidating because you're going to stop comparing, right? Perfectionism, comparing, all of that leads to burnout. And when you become who you are, when you find your own strengths, when you sit down and you figure out this is what I want from life and this is how I'm going to get there and you hold yourself accountable to those points, yes, it takes quite a bit of work and you may hire a coach or you can do it on your own, whatever you know your preference is. Once you figure out who you are and what you want to do, moving forward in being yourself will almost eliminate burnout because you're not going to try and catch up. You're not going to try to compare yourself. Um, you know, you're going to find, you're going to be more likely to forgive yourself for the shortcomings and these impossible standards um, that you create for yourself. Also, if you find like-minded souls um, and you co-create a world with them, right? Like dues, that's a world worth living in and it becomes easy and it's something that you celebrate every day. So living authentically, it just beautifully untangles life and it, and it just spreads joy and kindness and all of that spills out onto everybody else. Um, you know, Maggie, that is exactly what I would say the, the, the premise of do was to begin with, was like living your strengths. First of all, you got to know your strengths, right? And then, and everybody's authentic. Every, I mean, not, not authentic. I mean, we're, we try to be, everyone is unique, right? So like, you know, I say this all the time, but what you do, I can't do. And what I do, you can't do, but together we can certainly support each other right? And, and I'm not good at some things and I wish I was, but if I focused on that, I would be miserable. I would be, I, I just, I finally, and it took me, I mean, about, you know, 13 years ago, taking strength finders and, and then owning that 
owning what I'm good at, owning my God-given talents. And then just like focusing on that. I love the blinder analogy that you use because if you just focus on what you're good at, the stuff that you're not good at, you get help with. And that's the beautiful thing about women. I do believe, and it takes some time because it wasn't, it, you, you can ask for help kicking and screaming sometime until you get help and you realize how good it is to have a little help, right? Um, it, it's easier the next time and it's easier the next time and it's easier to do something the next time that, um, you know, the, the success, the path of success um, is not only easier, it's, it's just fun. It's fun. And then you can see the fruits of your labor because we don't do well when we're acting out of our, our lesser self or our weaknesses. And then when you get good at it and when you get successful at it and when you figure it out, you hold somebody else's hand. Yes, yes. And you yes. help them along and you teach them and you empower them, right? I was listening to one of your podcasts with Manal and um, I want I, your listeners won't be able to see it, but I've got this bag over here that says empowered women, empower women. Oh, yeah. Right. That's something that she said that I really connected to. And once you feel like you are in flow and you're enjoying life and you have figured it out, you go and you hold somebody else's hand. And I'll tell you this, the gift that you give, you're actually going to get just as much in return because it feels like heaven to help somebody else out. It's called a helper's high and it's been scientifically proven helping someone uh, yeah, it makes you a better person, but helping someone actually makes you happier. Wow. And you know what, Maggie, that's who you are. That's who you are. You said at the oh, beginning, I love you so much. I'm so happy we had this time together. I mean, if, if, if you're listening and you're not looking around for somebody's hand to hold or somebody to lift up, um, then listen to this again, because you just made my day um, I feel, uh, I feel blessed to know you. I honestly, Maggie, I don't remember how we met each other. Um, did we just connect on social media? How did we find we each did. other? I, I, we did. We met on social media. I, I think what, what happened is I found your group on social media. I think maybe it was a suggestion. I, I don't know how it came about. And then I clicked on it and I started reading and then I started writing and I send you some of that stuff. And that's how we connected. Initially, wow. it was through the writing. And then, of course, um, I went to the last retreat, which was incredible. And um, I will do everything I can <laughs> to make it to this one. Because, look, I, I mean, it, the thing about the retreats that are like this. Okay, first of all, and I don't know if I'm allowed to, to say this, but one of the one of the values that you create from do is is faith based, right? That's that's some of the things that you had in your retreat, and that really comes a long way to believing that we're all in it together and we are connected by the higher power. And so that really appeals to me. But um, you know, being there for one another um, during the the do uh, seminar. Uh, it, it, you know, meeting like-minded women, you come back from a meeting like that, energized and ready to go and happier and renewed. And 
Um, I, I mean, I, I could just keep going, but, but it really, when you come to a meeting like that and you return from it, 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 it's a bonus for everybody, for your team members, for your patients, for your family, right? You come back and you just have a little more pep in your step because you met people that are like you and you yeah, supported one another, right? Yes, and you're not alone, right? I mean, you're not, you're not alone. alone and you can be your authentic self with this group because there is no judging. Everybody's welcome. And um, and we're just here to, to, I mean, the whole, you know, we're just here to, lift women up in, in dentistry. And it's, it's not just in dentistry, Maggie, because it flows out, doesn't it? I mean, we look it's at our daughters. All over the place. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's basically lifting women up and we're bringing the men with us too. We're teaching them a thing or two ourselves. So again, thank you so much, Maggie. How do we get in touch with you, your brand? And how, do, how does anyone um, find you? Um, you can find me on social media, Maggie Augustine. You can um, Google me on the web, uh, Maggie Augustine DDS, um, and some of the articles will pop up and, and my, um, my website for my work, uh, for my practice will pop up. Uh, you can email me at, it's my name, maggie.augustine at gmail.com. Um, I talk to women across the country all the time and um, I, I love it. And I am always here for you. Uh, I'm here to listen. I am not a psychologist. I am not a life coach, but I can listen. Oh my gosh, you're beautiful. You're a beautiful do. I love you. I love you so much. And um, I just thank you today for showing us that um, once we find our authentic self, we can combat anything. And so Maggie, keep doing you like the rest of you do is keep doing you. Don't stop. We love you. And we'll see you in November at the Do Life Retreat. Check us out on our website and, um, and join us, please. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Just Do It podcast, hosted by Ann Duffy. To learn more about dental entrepreneur women, to share your story, or to join the movement, please visit our website, do.life. That is D-E-W dot life. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app to make sure you don't miss an episode. And in the meantime, keep doing you.